<clears throat> All right, so uh, one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels is one that's called Living Big in a Tiny House. Does anyone know that channel? Anyone living big in a tiny house? There are a lot of tiny house channels out there, but I discovered this one a few years back, and I love it. It's like 15-ish minute videos of, uh, of tiny homes that people have built or bought or whatever, kind of you know, put together a little bit, and, um, and they, they give a tour. They give a tour of the, of the house. They talk about uh, the, the finances of it. They talk about their daily lives now that they've gone tiny. Um, and I love these videos. They come out weekly. I've seen just about all of them. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I love almost everything about the whole idea of living in a tiny home. Uh, oftentimes these things will be, you know, 300 square feet, you know, essentially a living space, but they've got all the essentials and uh, they're decorated nicely. They're organized super well. I just, I love it. But what I love the most about it is the lifestyle. Uh, one of the things you hear constantly from these folks who have gone tiny is that they no longer feel confined to their things. And yes, they're living in smaller quarters, but they feel freer than they've ever felt in their lives as well. Their house is smaller, but their lives are bigger, is the idea. Uh, they have less to clean. They have more time to pursue the things that they love. They can spend more time with their kids. They have uh, either a minimal mortgage or no mortgage at all. Uh, big plus there. Love the whole idea. Maybe someday when the kids are out of the house. Uh, but here we are right now, Andrew and I, living, living in the house that we live in, which many of you have come to see through the summer at the Stockton gatherings over this past summer. And today, the first core value that I'm going to talk about is living simply, and I feel weird preaching this one a little bit. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Joe, could you get me some water? Thank you so much. <coughs> I was doing fine all morning until you people wanted me to talk. <laughs> Anyway, I, I feel weird uh, preaching on this one a little bit uh, because here I love this whole idea of a tiny house, right? Few possessions, living simply, and we just moved into the biggest house that we've ever lived in. <laughs> right, we have three living spaces in our house, three living rooms. We have four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. We've got a big yard where the kids play soccer. It's huge. Now, compared to some houses in the area, it's a modest-sized home, right? It was, it was built in the 70s, so there's some age starting to show. It's not as shiny and spacious as some modern homes, no open floor plan or anything. But we went from living in apartments in Brooklyn for 15 years to a small house in a small town in New Jersey to this thing here in Downingtown that we now have. <laughs> Now, we are grateful for the house that we have. We have used that space. We love having people over and blessing people and the kids playing out in the yard with Caden's whole soccer team over. Thank you so much, Joe. Um, so we're doing the best we can to use this space and to love this space and love the people that we invite into our space. Man, what service. <laughs> Tara, Tara's picky. <laughs> man, good man. Thank you so much. Mm. So we're grateful for all of this. But now I have to preach on living simply. Didn't I, did I just abandon that whole idea by moving to the house we just moved to? Well, not exactly. See, you don't have to go tiny 
You don't have to live a minimalist lifestyle in order to live simply as we value it here in the Brethren in Christ. So let's read the first of the two core values that we'll be talking about today, and we'll see what we're talking about here. As the Brethren in Christ, we value living simply. We value uncluttered lives, which free us to love boldly, give generously, and serve joyfully. Let me hit you with some statistics here. The average size of the American home has tripled in the last 50 years. Even with that size increase, one out of every 10 Americans rents off-site storage. Of all the houses with two-car garages, a full quarter of them don't have room to park cars inside. The average 10-year-old in the UK has 238 toys but plays with just 12 daily. Imagine what those stats would be here in the US. (laughs) The average American family spends $1,700 a year on clothing while the average American throws away 65 pounds of clothing per year. Uh, Back in 2006, the average American home had more televisions than people. Since those stats, Uh, The number of screens per home have only doubled, (laughs) or more, I can only imagine. Over the course of our lifetime, we will spend a total of 3,680 hours, or 153 days, looking for stuff that we've misplaced. Now let me read that core value again. We value living simply. We value uncluttered lives, which free us to love boldly, give generously, and serve joyfully. Sounds really jarring when placed against some of those stats, right? (laughs) And here's the thing. The temptation when you hear some of those stats is to just start chucking everything. Donate everything. Get rid of all of it. No more. No more stuff. And I will say there is always more that you can get rid of, right? There's always more that you can, can donate or whatever. But you don't have to go, uh, what I might say, overboard. Right? I've heard of some guy who, who, who only owned what he could fit in his backpack. <laughs> I heard about a guy who, who had this 100 items rule where he made a list of 100 things that he was allowed to own. Anything after 100, he got rid of. And when we're talking items, we're talking like each fork is an item, not silverware is an item. I actually made that list for myself just to see what it might look like, and that was really hard. (laughs) It was really hard. So I'm not talking about doing all of that. Now, if if you feel called to that, and, and you are able to do that while still faithfully stewarding your family, your job, and other resources, go for it, right? I mean, even the early Brethren in Christ or denomination would have actually... They would would have stood for that. They'd have been all about that. Uh, They were a little more extreme in this area of living simply, the early BIC. Uh, You were freed from having stuff because you weren't allowed to have it, really, uh, in the denomination. They were a little more uh, legalistic about certain parts of that. Uh, The clothes that you had were all handmade and plain. Uh, Your jobs were simple farming. Your interactions uh, were with your family. Uh, Simplicity was really emphasized. 
Uh, but you don't have to go to all those extremes to live out this core value because this value is really all about freedom. It's about freedom. I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. And when I say the next words, think about what goes through your mind, okay? Uncluttered life. What goes through your mind? Uncluttered life. For me, it makes me take a deep breath, if I'm able to without coughing. <laughs> a cleansing breath. And I feel like, I feel free when I think of feeling free of clutter. You can open your eyes. If you keep them closed too long, you'll fall asleep. So let's, yeah. all right, let's go. <clears throat> and this clutter, <coughs> no one's going to want to shake my hand after this. This clutter can look more than just, can look more than just like stuff, physical stuff. We can have a lot of things that physically clutter our spaces, but we can also have a cluttered calendar, right? That squeezes all the time out of us. We can have cluttered obligations from just saying yes to too many things. Our lives can be cluttered in a number of different ways. What we're talking about is decluttering our lives. And why? So that we can live, we can love boldly, give generously, and serve joyfully. How does being uncluttered help us to do those three things? Well, when we're free from a cluttered schedule or cluttered home, we have more space in our lives to love those who are closest to us. Right? We, have, we have to spend less time cleaning things or fixing things, repairing things. We're able to love people boldly, meaning that instead of spending time and money on things, we can spend them on relationships. That's... That's bold in a society that says that success is measured by what you can get versus how you can love. It seems obvious, uh, given this, this next uh, goal for uncluttered life, giving generously, it seems obvious that living an uncluttered life can help us to give generously uh, because if we're not buying more things, we'll have more money to give to those who need it, right? Giving generously. Now, just decluttering our lives uh, doesn't necessarily give us more money, though it might if we're able to downsize our home or, or stop using a rental unit, a storage unit uh, for things. But buying less essentially puts money back into our pockets. Having a decluttered lifestyle can also put time back into our pockets. We, we can give time more generously because we'll have more of it to work with. Sometimes one of the biggest needs we feel is the need to spend time with another person. And we can do that when we make that space in our lives. And then we can serve joyfully. <coughs> have you ever had to uh, leave church or, or leave a gathering or a party or, or something else because you had to go so you had to be somewhere else? Right? You had to cut off short what you were doing because you had to be somewhere else. It happens all the time. right? And what happens when that's the case? What happens when you feel you have to do that? Well, you spend your time where, you're, where you are where you are looking at your watch. 
right? Or waiting for the alarm to, to go off so that you can, or thinking ahead to the logistics of getting to the next destination or taking care of doing whatever you got to do. Now. It robs you of your present moment. When your life is uncluttered, you can live in the present more fully. You can serve more presently because your mind and heart are where you are and not someplace else. Now, look, we're not saying that sometimes that won't happen. You know, that, that still won't. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. We're also not saying that you can't, like, buy presents at Christmas, right? Christmas is coming up. A lot of us are starting to think about that. But maybe you kind of change your strategy a little bit, right? Maybe some of the kids in the room, sorry if this may, means you get less for Christmas this year. But maybe you donate some things at Christmas as well, you know? Maybe you go with a new gift-giving paradigm, right? Andrea was just sharing with me um, about some new ways to think about gift-giving at Christmas <coughs> for your kids, for your kids specifically. The idea that says uh, get them something that they want, something they need, something you wear, something you read. I saw someone nodding over there. Yeah, I know that one. Something you want, something you need, something you wear, something you read. It's kind of cool. Maybe you put a limit, either financially or numerically, on the presents you buy, right? Maybe you give, maybe you give relational gifts, right? Like coffee with someone, you know, something that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, but it builds into relationships. The point is, you don't have to go tiny, right? You don't have to go minimalist. But let's examine our lives for where we can live uncluttered and a little simpler. Now, so far, this could pretty much be a TED Talk, right? You hear it online anywhere, right? Where's the Bible? <laughs> right? Does the Bible have anything to say about this? Well, actually, yes, and it's kind of all over the place. I'm just going to read a few representative passages. Ecclesiastes 4, 6, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. 1 Timothy 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. 1 Thessalonians 4, and make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Our kids were just asking about mothballs the other week. What in the world are mothballs? Well, you know, moths used to come in and like actually eat your clothes. And there are these really nasty smelling things you could put in your closet to keep the moths out. <laughs> Here, it's, that's scriptural right there. Where no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That last one is big there. <coughs> the more things, the more stuff we have, 
the more our hearts are tethered to this earth. The more we can be free of things, the less we are tethered here and can hold the possessions that we do have with a slightly more open hand. But probably my favorite verse uh, that talks about this is actually a prayer, uh, and it's from Proverbs 30, verse 8. It says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Give me only my daily bread. Give me only what I need. It goes on to say in verse 9, Otherwise, I may have too much, and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Give us only what we need so that through lack, I won't be tempted to steal. And through abundance, I won't be tempted to think that I earned all of this, right? I, I have no wants or needs in this world. I don't need God. Right? Now, <clears throat> Some of this might feel a little overwhelming to some of you. Right, Ryan, you haven't seen my garage. <laughs> True, right. But getting rid of one thing, one, can make a huge difference. Just, just try it. Right? Go home, get rid of one thing. Big or little, doesn't matter, one. What are some things that you haven't touched or used in your house for the last two years? Or what? I'm taking the tape up off the floor. Or one year. What are things you haven't touched in one year? Maybe go room by room and touch everything in it. Touch everything in that room and make an intentional choice about it. Yikes. Living simply is a big lifestyle change for a lot of people in our society. It's a, it's a process, not something you can just flip like a light switch. So be patient. Just try one thing. Maybe, cut, maybe you cut one weekly obligation out of your calendar. Or a monthly obligation, perhaps. <coughs> Make room in your life. Getting rid of one thing, donating one box, throwing away one thing, it can be just... It can be just the thing you need to get going, right? It can build some momentum. Just doing the first thing can motivate you to move on to more and more. But start small. Start small. And probably the biggest way that we are able to do this, to live simply, is through our second core value today. And that is, as the brethren in Christ, we value relying on God. We confess our dependence on God for everything and seek to deepen our intimacy with him by living prayerfully. We can truly rely on, when we truly rely on God for everything, we realize that we don't need all the stuff. Right, we don't need it. Uh, quite a few years ago, uh, before our kids were born, and then when our, our kids were really young, Andrew and I would watch a lot of television uh, together. It was like our way to unwind in the evenings. And we'd watch, we had so many shows. We were watching so many TV shows. We were watching all the NCISs, Elementary, if you remember that one, CS, all the CSIs, Downton Abbey, watch the Hawaii Five-0, all these shows. Kind of gives you an idea of when, this, when in time this was happening. 
And I actually started to feel stress in my life when we started getting behind on all these shows. When we had more shows to watch, I was like, oh no! Like, I have so much to do! <laughs> and if I'm honest, I'm starting to feel that way a little bit with the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's so much going on! But something that was supposed to be a good downtime together, right, just sitting watching TV, became a stressor in my life. So I had to cut back. It's, it's hard making a choice to not watch a show anymore, right? You, there are characters and plots that you want to follow, you get invested, but guess what, guys? I was okay. <laughs> it was okay. And then when we had more kids and they started growing, we couldn't watch anything, but that's, that's a whole other thing. But I didn't need those shows. And it sounds petty and obvious right now, right? Duh. But it wasn't then. It felt liberating to me when I finally realized, wait, I don't need to watch these shows. It was freeing. It was amazing. When we rely on God, we realize that we don't need to rely on other things. We don't need them. When we find our sufficiency, our contentment in Him, we don't need to find it in stuff. Our value doesn't come from saying yes to all of our friends, right? And overloading our schedules so that no one thinks less of us, right? It comes from God. We don't need all of the things. We confess our dependence on God, not just for everything, but for everything. So what does the Bible say about this core value? Jeremiah 17, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, They will be like a tree planted by a stream that sends out its shoots by the stream, or planted by the water that sends its shoots at roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Exodus 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Be still. And then the prayer from Proverbs that we talked about before with that earlier core value, Proverbs 38. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Give me only my daily bread. Before we emphasize the only part, right? Only my daily bread. Don't give us more or less. This time, we're emphasizing that our bread comes from God, not the other things that we sometimes like to rely on. Whatever our bread is, right, money, time, value, these things come from God. And we pray that he gives them out only in the measure to which we need it. And his supply is eternal. It's inexhaustible. And then we seek to deepen our intimacy with him 
by living prayerfully. Living prayer. How do we live prayerfully? Well, there are a million different ways, right? But, but we make intentional decisions about it. Maybe, maybe we pick regular times of the day. Right? Maybe we pick regular times of fasting, right? Through a meal or something. Maybe you make a prayer schedule and rotate your prayers. Uh, maybe you get together and you pray with other people regularly. Uh, maybe you try reading or memorizing uh, some written prayers. Right? There's a lot of really great written prayers. We've got you know, a couple thousand years of church history of incredibly written prayers. There's one from St. Francis of Assisi that I just love. I'm going to share it with you here. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. And it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Isn't that a great prayer for today and our, our, our culture, our current environment? Like, oh man, what a great prayer. We also have a great resource for prayer right here at Marsh Creek. Her name is Debbie Lynn Butler. <laughs> she heads up our prayer team. She sends out uh, prayer requests. Uh, she sends out ways that we can pray and grow in our relationship with God. Uh, and she maintains a new resource that we have at Marsh Creek called the Virtual Prayer Room. Uh, if you go to our website and go to ministries and then prayer and care, you'll see so many of the ways that Debbie Lynn has given us to pray and deepen our relationship with God. And then on that page, there's a link to the virtual prayer room. And I encourage you to check it out. It's really, it's great stuff. But we pray because that's how we deepen our intimacy with God. Right? Reading scripture is great. But prayer is when you are engaging directly with God face-to-face. Now, that's not to say that you don't encounter God face-to-face in reading Scripture. You do. Those are His words to Him. And you can pray through Scripture. You can pray through the words of Scripture, too. Uh, But but prayer is when we sit down at the dinner table with God, right? Across the table from Him. And we just sit in His presence. We soak in His love and His wisdom and His mercy, learning from Him. So we can live simply when we realize that it's God that gives us our fullness. Our fullness. Having a full house of stuff doesn't give us our fullness. Having a packed schedule or a work calendar that has no blank space on it doesn't make us full. Having a million likes on our million social media sites doesn't make us full. We rely on God for our fullness, for our value, for our love, for everything. Living simply is pretty countercultural, right? But it can be an incredible witness to our world that just seems to be struggling just to keep up with everybody else. Uh, this general area here is pretty 
affluent, right? Here in Downingtown, Exton, Lionville, Coatesville, we have, we have a lot of people who have a lot. But what if our witness was something different? What if we were uncluttered people who didn't feel like we had to keep up with everyone else? What if we cut out some of our time online? What if we were to what if we were free to spend more time with people? What if we had more time to spend in prayer and reading the Bible? Right, living prayerfully, some of you are like, I don't have time to live prayerfully. Well, maybe these two can work together to help make, you, make each other happen, right? When we leave this space, what does your schedule look like for the rest of today? What's filling it? I know, that, I know there are times that get busy. Like, I get it. <laughs> you know, we've got three active kids in school, and our calendar gets full quickly. So we're right in the thick of it with so many of you. Like, I, I get it, it's, and it's okay. But how can you declutter? Or what can you do? Maybe you choose to do a social media fast for a time. Right? Maybe, maybe you choose to take a break from watching or reading any news for the next couple of weeks, especially leading up to the election, right? There's actually research that's been done now that says that people who spend the most time watching the local news have a more distorted view of reality, of what's actually happening. So maybe we take some time to regain a healthy perspective on life, right? By refraining from the news for a little bit, give ourselves some time to recalibrate. But imagine the space in your mind Right, the space in your heart and your life, if you cut out some noise, right? Like always having the TV on or always having music on. That's a big one for me. I love having music on whenever I'm doing things. I'd like to take just a minute here this morning to sit in silence for just a bit to give us all a moment to reflect on our lives, to see where we can exercise our reliance on God, exercise our reliance on God, by decluttering our lives. What can you do? And not only how can you declutter, but how can you make room in your life to live prayerfully? So take just a minute here to think and pray about those things. How can you live more simply and live more prayerfully? <coughs> just going to take a moment. As the brethren in Christ, we value living simply, we value uncluttered lives which free us to love boldly, give generously, and serve joyfully. And we value relying on God. We confess our dependence on God for everything and seek to deepen our intimacy with him by living prayerfully. <clears throat>